You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Sports Heroics Podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. My name is Sam Holman, and I'm here with my co-host, McQuaid Arnold. McQuaid, how are you doing? I am doing as good as I can be after another (laughs) disappointing loss, man. Yeah, it makes uh, three in a row. It's the first time that uh, Matt Matt LaFleur-led team has lost three consecutive games in a row, and doesn't get any easier at this point. Next week, going on the road, Sunday Night Football, going to be facing the Buffalo Bills, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. Um, it, it's hard to know where to go at this point. It feels like this team has just been spiraling for the last three weeks. Um, it really felt like it started in the Patriots game and then just things have gone from bad to worse. Um, I mean, the, the jets and the giants were a little bit understandable. You know, they were kind of teams on the upswing. Uh, they had, you know, good coaching staffs, you know, some, some talented players, but I mean, the Washington the, their owner like might be forced to sell the team. You know they they're starting their backup. That things are not supposed to be looking good for the Washington Commanders, and yet the Packers got beat by them. And at one point, it was like an, an eleven point game or a, a nine point game. Sorry, um, it, it's just for a team that was supposed to be a contender in the Packers. It feels like at this point you kind of have to start questioning: Will we even make the playoffs this year? These have been the three most disheartening weeks that I remember in in Packers football, um, really since those two, um, you know, sub five hundred seasons we have. On, you know, I think it was Mike McCarthy's last two seasons in Green yeah. Bay. He was fired during halfway through the last one. So, really, really uh, um, disheartening losses, disheartening uh, performance by the team in general. Uh, people, you know, on social media, people keep throwing out they need an identity, they need this or they need that. Um, and while I don't disagree with that, it um, it really just kind of starts starts making you think if it's more personnel than it is identity or scheme, because clearly wide receivers aren't getting open, at least to the to the liking of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers himself is not playing well. He's, yeah, he's, not like he's coming off back to back MVP seasons. Um, and I don't, I don't think the defense is bad. I, I really, I think that they are being thrown into the limelight because the offense is so bad. But that I feel like this defense is playing well enough that if they had a competent offense consistently, they'd be looking a heck of a lot better than they do right now because they'd be on the field a heck of a lot less. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think that they're being put in bad situations. I mean, I think it is still disappointing that they aren't like kind of what we expected to be a really dominant unit. But as you said, they, they're not being put in good positions. Um, the offense is not really giving them any rest. And, you know, uh, human beings, even though they're, you know, these guys are world-class athletes, they can only, you know, play and put put up that high level of performance for, for so long. And it, the, the team as a whole is just not playing complimentary football. You know, when one side of the ball plays well, the other one kind of stalls out and then, Special teams does its thing, you know, fumble, Mari Rogers fumbling the ball out there. Um, it's just, yeah, it, not, nothing seems to be clicking for this team. Um, 
the, I mean, the only, the only bright spots, I thought that the, the pin pull stuff they were running was really cool where they would get some pulling offensive linemen out to the outside and run Aaron Jones, especially behind that. Um, they, they got to that pretty early in the game, the first couple drives, one of which they scored a touchdown on, but it felt like they, they only did that sporadically afterwards. Um, but I mean, other than that, there was just not a lot going right for the offense. Um, you know, going into the game, they already had Christian Watson out, already had Randall Cobb out. Uh, Sammy Watkins did not look back to full full health. Um, and then Alan Lazard goes out with an injury partway through the game. I think that I think that, that was the main injury, new injury on, on the offense. And obviously David Bakhtiari didn't play. So it's like he's still day-to-day. They're still kind of trying to juggle his rehab, his, his you know, working back to, to full playing responsibilities at this point. But... Man, the the offense does not look anything like what we expect an Aaron Rodgers that offense to look like. Yeah, last year I think the biggest thing we saw was the offensive line have a rotation of guys coming in and playing, but yet they still played a high caliber almost all season long, and that was credit to Adam Senevich. And maybe this season we're seeing Adam Senevich kind of peak at that offensive line coaching position and maybe not be ready for that offensive coordinator position. But at the same time, it's still Matt LaFleur, the one that's calling the plays and, ex- and and calling the scheme. So, you know, that you take that with a little grain of salt as it is. But um, it's, it's hard to see this offense struggle the way it is with an Aaron Rodgers-led offense with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on that team. Um, and and at this point, do you, do you consider trading for wide receiver? Do you consider making a, a splash move like that? Do you think that's enough, you know, as a Packers front office? Do you think that's enough to make a splash? Because – it just doesn't feel like, like you said, not much is going right for this team in general, but for the offense as well. Today, the offensive line played well. I think I saw a stat online that yeah. said all day they only allowed one pressure or maybe it was one sack and one pressure. It was a very, very good day for, for, the, for the offensive line, but still they couldn't get anything going. So that that does speak to you. Say, hey, maybe bring in a wide receiver or two and, and maybe that would open up some passing lanes for, for, for Aaron Rodgers. We saw that. Specifically against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cole Beasley had been in Tampa Bay for a, a solid three days, four days. And while we won that game and while Tampa Bay didn't look very good that day, and while Tampa Bay lost today to the Panthers, so you know I'm not selling out and saying copy everything the Buccaneers do, but on that opening drive or one of the opening drives, Cole Beasley came in and, and caught a third down pass for a first down. Yeah. Those are the type of things that you, could, you would love to have if, if Will Fuller came in, if you traded for DJ Moore, if you, you know, uh, Chase Claypool is being thrown out there. There's a bunch of rumors out there, a bunch of names out there for Green Bay. And at this point, you just you, you would love to see something, I guess. Yeah, I, I kind of, in my opinion, the issues on offense are more than just a wide receiver uh, away from you know kind of getting back to competent uh, play. Um, I wouldn't, you know, if they want to do something for the future, like some, a younger player like Elijah Moore, who still has a good amount of le- time left on his rookie deal, I could see that. But someone like DJ Moore or even Odell Beckham Jr., whenever he's ready to come back, I, I don't feel like, I don't really think that that's going to so- do enough to solve the issues. It really feels like, and I could be totally wrong on this. It feels like there's kind of two sides to the offense that are kind of battling it out. There's kind of Aaron Rodgers' vision of the offense, and there's Matt LaFleur's vision of the offense, right? We see, you know, Matt LaFleur on those first couple drives, you know, you're running that pin pull stuff. You got the 
the play action glance routes attacking glance routes attacking the middle of the field and then just that stuff goes away and it just feels like there's it feels kind of like it did in 2019 with Matt LaFleur's first year except not even that good like back then right we would have like the first couple drives the first scripted drives everything would look great they would look like an insanely good offense and then they would just you know peter out they would kind of go back to that aaron Rodgers iso ball the the you know just aaron Rodgers running around trying to make a play and it feels like that's this season that's kind of repeating this season except taken to like the worst extreme possible it feels like i kind of i almost want to say that malifor needs to find a way to take control of this offense because i don't think we can survive like aaron Rodgers wants to play um i i think that what we need to do is we need to you know, design, you know, kind of put together a sequence set of plays for the offense where, you know, each play is building off each other. You know, there's play action. There's, you know, the just the boot stuff to make life easy on the quarterback. I, I think that, and I, again, I don't know for sure that this is Aaron Rodgers, you know, saying, hey, we got to run my offense. But it kind of feels like that just the way with the comments that he's made the, in both this year and in the past. And I feel like that Malifor, you know, needs to, kind of have there needs to be kind of a reckoning a little bit i'm not saying that you know they need to trade aaron Rodgers at this point i don't think that's even financially feasible but something needs to change in how who's having input on the offense because they need to get back to that the matt lafleur stuff the shanahan stuff that makes life easy on the quarterback i think one of the most frustrating things we've seen is is that that offense that we saw you know first half against the giants for the most part first half against the giants those first two or three drives and really the first quarter and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, and then at times against the Chicago Bears, this offense looked something that, like something that could win the Super Bowl. I mean, they moved the ball. Romeo Dubs was involved. Aaron Jones was getting whatever he wanted. A.J. Dillon, for the most part, is having a down year, but is still an effective bulldozer up the middle um, in that offensive line. It, we have seen this offense flourish. We, we Just last week, was it was it – Last week, oh, I believe it was that Robert Tanyan set a record for yeah. receptions for tight end. So the, the players are are contributing at a high level across the offensive across the offense in general. It just feels like they're they 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 a they don't put it all together at the same time, and then b when they're punched in the gut, they just stay down. You know, when today when I I was coaching my my son's little league team today, so I was I was able to follow the game through my phone and. Uh, watched all the highlights afterwards. But when I looked at my phone and I saw that it was, it was 17, 14, uh, midway through the third, I believe it was, or around that area, I was like, oh, no, we are in trouble. <laughs> and then I saw it was 20 to 14. I said, we're not coming back from this. There's no way. Yeah. Because the, when this team gets down, they don't – when this team gets down, they stay down and they play like that. And that is a huge – I don't know if it's attitude thing, confidence thing, yeah. whatever it is. That is something that needs to change. Um and they're going to have to do it against some of the best teams coming up within the next five weeks. They have Buffalo. They have the Cowboys. They have, uh, I believe, the Rams within the next five weeks. They have some 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 fairly decent competition coming up, um, and and they're going to have to 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 likely play down, play from being behind. Even if it's just seven zero, fourteen seven, whatever it is, they're not going to lead the whole time during any one of those teams, uh, or likely they won't. So. They need to be able to, to pick themselves back up, yeah. and uh, that's really frustrating. Yeah, it, like you said, it's it's really hard, you know, from the outside to kind of diagnose those, you know, mental or attitude issues. We don't really know what's causing that or how to fix it. 
that's I, I'd imagine even for you know longtime coaches, that's that's something that's hard to do. But something needs to change. They need to get this turned around because yeah, the the road's not getting any easier from here. Um, it but it can get a whole lot worse. Um, speak, you know, speaking of you know dealing with adversity, kind of what you know, like you were talking about there. There was a point you know the, where the Packers just felt like the momentum was slipping away from them, and that was kind of turn around, you know, by what happened on special teams, right? Amari Rogers fumbles the punt. Yeah. I feel, I feel like he, he, yeah, he fumbled one against the giants. He, I can't remember if he did against the jets. I wouldn't be surprised if he did though. Um, it, man, I, I feel like, you know, we've seen Keyshawn Nixon take over kick returns. I feel like they, they can't keep trotting Amari out there. And I've been one of his biggest fans over, you know, these first couple of years, you know, just trying to hold out hope, make excuses. But at this point, I don't see how you can justify putting him out there on, on kickoff returns or not kickoff returns on uh punt returns because he just, he can't handle it. You know, he, he just makes mistakes game after game after game. And it's just hard to see that improving at this point. You know, he, he, he I think every Packers fan kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt after year one. And I think it was mainly due because he didn't just didn't get many chances whatsoever. Everyone thought that he was still going to be this 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 fresh you know piece for this offense after year one, where he I think he finished the entire sixteen or seventeen game season with like four, five, or six receptions, something yeah. like that. Like it was a, a they didn't they basically redshirted him, so they came into his second and third year and just excited excited for this kid, and it just never never really seemed to pan out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's really not much else to say about Amari Rodgers other than that he's really been a huge disappointment for what you know Packers fans wanted him to be and what yeah. he was at Clemson, and um, yeah, yeah I think it's getting time to move on from him. Yeah, it, it sucks, man, because he had such a cool story. You know, he said in the pre-Jeff process, you know, he'd love to be a Packer. He had that relationship with Randall Cobb, and yep. it just felt like a storybook and storybook you know, start to his career, and just it's just all, all gone downhill from, from there. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I don't feel like there's anything else we need to say. You know, he did some okay stuff on offense. He had a nice little catch and run for a first down, or I think it was close to a first down anyway. Um, but he just hasn't shown enough, obviously in practice for them to keep putting him out, uh, or for them to give him more chances on offense. I mean, maybe, you know, their wide receiver core is just getting depleted at this point, you know, with Randall Cobb out, maybe they want, they, he gets more chances and he shows out, but it's hard to expect anything from him at this point. Uh, before we get to the defense, just going to take a quick break uh, for some messages from our sponsors. So we will be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. 
And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, we are back breaking down the Packers loss to the Washington Commanders. So the defense, I mean, when they started out, it felt like really good. Like they, they were playing with a lot of energy. Uh, they were getting their hands on a ton of balls. You know, you could feel there, there was a turnover coming, and it eventually did. Uh, pick six, I think it was like 63 or 64 yards from Devondre Campbell. That was awesome to see. Put the Packers up 14-3. Of course, after that, uh, you know, after forcing another punt, the MRI Rodgers fumbled. And, you know, it kind of all went downhill from there, but it felt like there were some really cool moments, some really, you know, exciting moments in that first, that first part of the game. Um, But just after that too inconsistent. And like we talked about, it it was tough on the defense. They had a couple, you know, obviously they had the pick six and then they had to deal with another drive. And I think that it would, it's easy to see how they would get tired out, but just a couple moments, you know, Rashawn Gary, not holding the edge well enough. Um, just a couple other moments. Jair Alexander just getting beat on a go ball for like a 40-yard touchdown. It's just stuff that you don't usually see from, from the Packers studs and uh, their stud players. And it's it was it was a rough, rough to see overall, even though there were some exciting moments, I think. And I think that was um yeah, I think yeah, the 40-yard touchdown past Terry McLaurin um right over Jair. And and that was you know, still beginning of the third quarter, 1140 or 11:49 left in the third quarter. But that goes back to my point about the D the offense doing little to help the defense. This defense is not a bad defense, right? But I think they're consistently put in bad situations. Um, I remember, what was it? A, a, a eight, 10 play drive for, by the Washington commanders that went up and, and they either scored a, a touchdown or, or, or a, a, I believe it was the touchdown to go, to bring the score 14-10 still in favor of Green Bay. And what does Green Bay do? The very next drive, they go three and out. And yeah. then I believe um, the the at the beginning of the beginning of third quarter, right? Washington goes down or, or has that, that long play to uh Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. and the offense goes three and out. It, that is that is a, a a standard theme we are seeing where the opposing team has a long drive that does or does not end in points. But then Green Bay's response to that is to go three and out. And we've seen yeah. that over and over. And that just puts the defense in such a, a, a bad spot. They're tired. They're already worn out. They got no break or little break. Um, and, and things like that will happen. Those, 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 those kind of splash plays that you wouldn't normally see. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been real, real unfortunate to, to see the defense kind of put yeah. in those situations, but also let those kind of scores happen. Yeah, definitely. And, and I wanted to correct myself. Um, the Amari Rogers fumble actually came before the pick six that Devondre Campbell had. Um, but yeah, the looking at the Packers offense, their longest drive of the day was like four minutes. Um, it was the, fir- the first touchdown drive. And that's just going to put your defense in tough positions. Obviously, you know, it's not an excuse for what the defense, you know, did. I mean, they still allowed 360 yards um to to the washington commanders um but yeah it's just 
like like we kind of talked about, feels like the two sides or the really the three parts of the team aren't playing complimentary football. Couple, you know, good good moments from the defense. Um, Kingsley Anigbari had his second sack of the season uh, in con- uh, sack in consecutive weeks, so that was you know great to see. Um, had a couple moments, you know, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, they were get they were winning on some pass rushes, I believe, according to ESPN. Uh, Rashawn Gary was uh, the team leader in QB hits, um, and then Quay Walker, I thought he played a really nice game. Um, there were still some rough moments, but it felt like in the run game he was diagnosing stuff well. In coverage, he was you know getting to it, getting to his landmarks, kind of seeing routes develop and covering them for the most part. Uh, I thought that it was an encouraging game, encouraging game from him, uh, just from a mental standpoint. Uh, but overall, yeah, just a, a, just a disappointing performance. You know, I will say that I think that this 2022 NFL draft class is going to be very good. Now I think we don't know anything yet about Devon Day Wyatt. Um, so that's the defensive tackle. So that's going to be in his first round draft pick. So that's going to be, you know, we'll see if that develops into something um, more. However, Quay Walker, from what we have seen when Christian Watts is on the field, he is an athletic freak of nature, yeah. right? Romeo Dobbs, um, today Zach Tom played very well at left tackle being thrown in there. And reports are that he 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 didn't find out that he was playing left tackle until this morning, basically. So yeah. or the morning of the game, I should say. So very short notice for that. Um, and, and uh, y- you know, we're, we're, we're over – oh, Kingsley and Igbari, right? He mm-hmm. – second second, he's con- continually getting better. This 2022 draft class, for the most part, seems very solid, and they seem yeah. very um, – like they can, they, can, they can create a, a decent, you know, foundation for the future of this team. But, you know, a foundation doesn't mean anything if you don't have a quarterback playing well. And – you know, it's not right now. Right now, it's not Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. and Nick, at this rate, it could Aaron Rodgers may not even be in Green Bay next year. He might be retired after this year. So, um, it's good to see, right? There, it's still, it's still. I'm not gonna say it feels like a waste because it's certainly not a waste, but it feels like it's a maybe a missed opportunity if we do not have a quarterback, a competent quarterback, to win a Super Bowl with this squad. You know, a year or two or three from now with this type of draft class. Yeah, you know that it felt like it feels like the Packers are just in a weird spot. They kind of went all in this year, even with, you know, the loss losses in personnel that they had. And it just feels like they're kind of stuck with a massive quarterback contract on the books, but also a roster that probably needs a at the very least a a significant reset, if not a full on rebuild. Um, So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, in the coming weeks, I think the trade someone mentioned online and I agree with this, the trade deadline will be kind of telling, you know, if they try to, if they, you know, get in some conversations, even if they don't make a move to try to get a wide receiver, you know, that it'll show them kind of show where they think or want to believe they are a, you know, as a, someone who's a contender, kind of just a piece away. If not, you know, and if we hear that they might be trying to move people, uh, at the deadline, then that's kind of a sign, you know, okay, this is going to be kind of the start of a rebuild. So that'll be something to watch. Um, obviously looking ahead to next week, Buffalo bills on the road. I mean, it doesn't get much harder than that. I mean, maybe like the chiefs, uh, or even in the NFC, I don't know that there are any teams that are up to the level of the bills. It's just that the AFC is t- quite a bit tougher than the NFC in general. And the bills are the cream of the crock cream of the crop in in the AFC so it, it's hard to see the Packers winning this one I'd be happy if they just kind of put together a competitive game 
and you know maybe show a little bit a bit of that ability to come back from adversity and you know with withstand some of that hardship um but it's going to be a daunting task against the bills team this good i'm gonna i might might be a little bit of overreaction but i'm going out and saying that the season is on the line for the the, the year next week against buffalo win or loss um not what i'm focused on i think it's if we get blown out on national television aaron Rodgers does not look good this offense looks similar to what it did today um the Washington Commanders Packers game today was the main game on on Fox for for most of the nation. Most of the yeah. nation saw that game, so most of the nation saw Green Bay not play well. But but it's a different. It hits different when it's on national television. You are the only game on prime time, and you go and you lay an absolute egg, and that could be the demoralizing nail in the coffin, so to speak, for this team. They'd be three and five. They'd be. Yeah, I'm not sure who Minnesota plays next week, but they could be easily four games behind the the, the yeah. division lead. Or they could come out and they could surprise people and they could win a game, win the toughest game of the year probably <laughs> on the schedule yeah. and and right the ship, so to speak. Um, and it's really going to be, you know, either one, it's going to be a, 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 a big time night for Green Bay, no matter what, no, no matter what way the pendulum swings. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Uh, well, I, I think that's everything that we were looking to cover tonight. Um, so I want to thank everyone for listening to the Wisconsin Sports Heroics podcast on the Packernet Podcast Network. You can get us every week around the same time. And uh, we'll see you again soon. <laughs>